are you made of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, what are you made of? What are you made of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, I used to say unstoppable, but I'm going to use the word today on my shirt, inexorable, Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house today with a friend of mine that's a friend of another friend of mine, which always happens. It's a great way to meet people. Tony Gaines is in the house today. He's a 30-year CPG leader. By the way, that means consumer packaged goods, I believe. Right, Tony? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty good, man. (laughs) That has battled through the highs and lows of startups to multi-billion dollar brand building. He started with humble roots, breaking bones, racing motorcycles to leading iconic brands with sales around the world. Tony, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, C-Rock. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to have you. You know, I met Howie a while back through another friend of mine, and then we're doing this Think Billions event that we're all going to be hanging out in October. And uh, I just, I'm so excited to be able to meet and hang with people like you, Howie, and others that are going to be there. Uh, but, but to have you on my show is an honor. And I just want to thank you, first of all, in front of everybody for taking the time to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the time. Obviously, you got a great platform helping a lot of people. And the world needs that, as we all know these days. So really appreciate all you do. Yeah, thanks, Tony. And we'll, look, we start the show the same way every time. And the question is, one of my favorite questions that I talk to myself about all the time as a little kid on up till now, when things get tough, or if I want to take things to the next level, I ask myself, what are you made of? Yeah, it put a lot of great thought. I, you said it in the bio, went from breaking bones to where I am today. And it probably all started as a child, right? As a kid when I was racing bikes. So I've broken 23 bones. I did turn pro at age 16. And um, just if, if you know much about the sport, you're either broken or doing well or winning. For, so for me, it was either I was winning on a national level or I was laying in a hospital bed or in a cast. So it was feast or famine. And that probably built me today. It's probably what I'm made of is, uh, you know, as the Eminem song goes, if you had one shot, would you take it? And uh, yeah, I did, obviously. So I'm made of getting beat up, torn down, losing, pulling the bootstraps up and uh, just going back at it. As, as some of the other guys will tell you, the guys that outwork everyone, wake up every day and just go, just go at it are, are usually successful. I get asked a question like you do a lot, you know, what made you successful? And I tell all these young guys the same thing. It's, I worked my ass off. I woke up, put my head down, moved all over the country, got it done and woke up the next day, did it again. You know, even, even today, it's the same ways from, from carrying a bag out of college to, uh, you know, running a, a, world beverage organizations, in essence, every day is the same. We all carry a bag. We all wake up. We all put our pants on. We all have to deal with really shit every day, good and bad. You hope that there's three or four good for every bad. And if you can do that, then things are great. Things are really good. 
Yeah, I got so many questions to ask you, but I'm just going to start off by this. What don't you think the bad is really just something to like a project to work on or challenge? Like I've changed my I'm in the mortgage business, you know, for years, 20 some years, real estate and all that. Yeah. And I remember like days where my breath would be taken away by a call I would get or a deal that fell through or people problems and all this. But now like my life is so much easier because I've changed my perspective to say, oh, that that happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is just we just have to handle this way or we just have to look into it. What's the best answer? Like, right. do, you, do you notice that? Like, did you go through that transformation, at, you know, in your career? I did. And, and I'll tell you what, it made me obviously not, not just better in business, but a better man. To your point, early in career, and I don't know if it comes with experience and age, but early, you know, the setbacks get you upset. You try to blame a lot of times, which is terrible. And um, probably that trigger happened, oh, for me, probably about 10 years ago, probably my early 40s. And uh, it was, and I'm sure there's a saying, right? Just be patient of, of the things you can't fix. And every day, like to your point, I get a setback and my team calls with something big, whether it's a distributor turns us down. Right. And I say the same thing all the time. It's like, okay, what's the solution? The best thing I can teach anyone is we're going to have problems every day. There's going to be an issue. Don't bring me the problem. Bring me the solution. We all talk about that. But when you practice it, and you try to train your team on that, it's great. I, and and yeah. the reason I say that, I probably had five setbacks this month alone, and it's the seventh. And of those five, four of them were corrected to the better. And I could have dwelled on it, spent time, yelled at people, fired people. Can't tell you in startups how much money you lose on mistakes. You just smile, think about what to do next, and go after it. So I... Uh, I go to sleep and wake up pretty good these days. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So, you know, I think uh, it's funny you said in the 40, in your 40s, because I'm 45 now, but I think the other thing is responsibility. One of my core values that personally and in our business is, you know, 100% responsibility. Take 100% responsibility. And yep. when you do that, you have control. To the degree you take responsibility, you have control. And that despair feeling in my business has always come from when I didn't have control or felt like I didn't have control, which you always have control in a way. But right. you feel like you didn't have control. And that's because I wasn't taking responsibility. It wasn't because someone else's fault, this and that and all that. And then when you realize this, this is, you know, being a leader and a CEO of a company and a president of a company, like this is probably the most important thing is 100% responsibility. Because when you stop pointing the finger at other people, you have the ability to fix something. Right. Yeah. So I love how you said, you talked about that. So yeah. Yeah. I, as the saying goes, right? It's uh, success has many champions, failure has one. Yeah. And um, right. And it's always the failure, especially as a CEO or a leader, the failure is you. Yeah. Right? What could you have done different? You know, how could you have made your people better, put them in a right situation to win? And if you sit down and look at that and to your point, put it on you and you can control it, you're going to you're going to be successful. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier on, too, about working hard and all that, but persistence, the ones that win. And I've interviewed so many people now, hung out with so many people. The ones that win, it's a, it's a reoccurring theme, is the persistent ones that just believe that quitting is not an option. I can change my direction. I can change my mind, but I'm just not going to quit. I mean, it, and when you get that out of your mind, that that's not even an option, then nothing, like you don't feel the despair feeling again. Like right. I used to feel in a lot of people that start out. So how did you get started in business? Take us back, Tony. Ooh, well, taking all the way back, I got started in business working. It was as I grew up a little blue collar. So I started working at age 11 block wall fence footings with a shovel. So I learned my hard work at an early age. And so just pounded work, work, work. And I'll give you a, a real quick, funny story. I was, I was 
out of high school. I didn't plan on going to college. I was only going to race bikes. I was going to be the next Bob Hanna, Brock Glover, Jeff Ward. You know, I was going to make it. I was going to be one of the few, like most athletes, right? Think they're going to be the one, the next Jordan. And uh, working my tail off and broke my femur three days or roughly two weeks, I should say, two weeks before Anaheim won for, for those of you who know motocross, supercross. And uh, laying there in bed, feeling sorry for myself, went back, same thing, went back to work. I actually raced my uh, first Supercross with a rod in my leg two days after the doctor released me. That's that's a long, funny story we'll talk about in California. But uh, I just put my head down and I was, I was working at a place as the warehouse manager, family, friends, in business, and just doing what was right for the customer. That's where I learned that customer... I don't want to say is always right, but if you make them feel right and make them feel special, they'll always come back. And I learned that there. And that's where I got my start in, in the world of consumers and consumer products. Went to Purdue. The quick story there was never taking the SATs, never taking the um, ACTs, was going to junior college. I finished high school 793rd, to give you an idea, out of 900, because I was just racing. I was never there. Yeah, yeah. And so I got accepted to Purdue and literally changed my life. It was like, I'm just going to apply to every public college in the country. And Purdue accepted me. I think it was stuck to somebody else's, but I just took that opportunity and ran with it. Sold everything I had. I even actually owned a house at the time. I was 20 years old. Went to Indiana, went to college. Some more stories there, but got hired by E.J. Gallo out of college. No one in my family had ever been to college. No one had been moved out of state. And here I was and basically Indiana and Illinois having to hump. And that's how I got started. Right? I got hired out of college and I carried a bag and did the same thing I've done since I was 11 is showed up for work early. I worked everyone, succeeded and uh, got promoted in 18 months and probably moved seven times just by working my ass off in the first probably 12 years. And then I just kept in, kept getting more success, more success, and at the same time, I built that relationship with people because yeah, people huge, matter. And huge. so I have friends all over the world, great friends all over the world, because I treated them with respect, treated even the cashier, backroom salesperson, merchandiser, right? Person at the window at, at Wendy's with respect that they deserved, right? We're all working hard trying to be successful. And that's built a friendship and what we like to call a Rolodex that is gigantic. And it's just, it's helped me succeed my whole career and opened up doors. So whether I was running for E&J Gallo, running the country for wine to running $8 billion with Budweiser, running the country, advantage the largest consumer good, if you will, broker. That was about $8.5 billion I was running in people to then doing startups where we sold an e-sync company. I did a health startup, was successful there. And now, you know, I'm running a global alcohol business startup with some great iconic brands, right? Hard Rock Stewart's, you know, everyone's heard of them. So just every day and my work has opened up new doors. And I've never had to interview for any of these roles. It's just relationships and working my tail off. People call. It's the way it's worked. And your position now, Tony, what are with Stewart's? Are you, are you, do you have a title or are you yeah, CEO. advising? Oh, you're CEO now. Okay. I don't know if you're just advising or on the board or what have you. Awesome, well, man. I did, so- which is funny. You say that, Mike, I opened up I decided I was traveling to Naples, Florida every day, 
put together a great team, converted a company that was going to go bankrupt three different times, took it out every time, made it successful. But I was commuting to Naples every day, basically Monday through Thursday. I got a wife and child. From where? And it was just the stress, COVID, everything going on. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to open up my own. I put them in the right spot, opened up my own consulting business, put my paper on the street on LinkedIn, and I had more business than you could imagine. People coming out of the woodwork. I was working on a tonic brand. It's called uh, Feel Free. That's one of my consulting deal. The product's amazing. It kind of resets the brain. I'll bring some out for you. It's, it's awesome. And then I was consulting Stewart's, which owns, like I said, the Hard Rock Stewart's brand, a brand called Bounce Back, and a few others working 30 hours a week, making more money than I've ever made, just using my brain and advice. But I really love challenge, right? Yeah, it goes yeah. back to the racing days and winning and people. And Stewart's came to me and said, hey, great, you're consulting. Everything you're telling us is what we need to do. You know, all your experience in alcohol is great. Your global skills great. Will you come to work for us, make less money and deal with more pain? <laughs> and I, um, I, I, well, it's, it's me, right? It's, it's you, you made a point earlier about never quitting. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a very successful career. I'm very happy with what I've done. I could live out through retirement for the most part right now. But the challenge, oh, I just, and the, the industry, the alcohol industry, you'd have to grow up in it like I did. It's so much fun. The people are amazing. The retailers are exciting. Like I'm heading to Spain with four retailers next week. Wow. And you don't get that. You don't get that in, in retail. You don't get that in service businesses. You don't, you know, I'm, I'm spending time, time with my customers and friends, not selling them anything. When you mentioned that they said, come work with us, more work, less money. Like how often does money cross your mind when it, when it comes to business now, nowadays? Because it may None. have changed. Well, it changes. I got into a, a position where my success has allowed me to make, well, I don't say almost nothing, right? Yeah. But it has allowed me to make choices. And I'm trying to remember if it was a Matt Damon money, uh, Matt Damon movie. I'm trying to remember it. It was the, uh, you know, at what point in life, trying to remember who the guy was, can you just say F you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, what I learned, actually, I learned it earlier when I left Budweiser, I'll always have a job. Right. I'll always, as we talked about Stephen Covey, I'll always have a seat on the bus somewhere. So it's put me in a position to where if it's not about money, it's about me being happy. If I'm not happy, I can find another seat. So it's be happy. Right. Yeah. Enjoy what I do. Enjoy lifting people. I mean, as a CEO, you know, it's I got tons of people that rely on me to make money, make their mortgage payments, make a living. And I love doing it. And it's to your point, it's not for the money. I've done a couple of startups that have been successful that I still own part of that still haven't sold. And that's okay. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and ever I, trigger, great. And, and you know? as a CEO of a president of companies, when you're running companies and things and you hop around sometimes, because that's what happens with CEOs a lot of times, what, what is the main thing that causes you to leave, whether it's them or you, or like, are there just times where you're, you've done all you could do for that company? And then it's just like, I need to move on now or... In your, in your experience from what you've done? Well, for me, it's about passion, right? So yeah. when you get something to be successful, passion and boredom is probably a better way to put yeah. it. You make something successful, it's going well, whether it transitions or not. I think the average tenure for a CEO is five years anyways. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it. It's just, it's the next challenge. Yeah. I mean, like I, 
I wanted to start my own consulting business. I would have done that through retirement until this next challenge came. I was at a, the tobacco company we sold uh, with Howie, Howie P. They wanted me to stick around, hang out, be the president of the company forever. And um, another friend of mine at Advantage said, hey, come on over, run this company. Same thing. You're going to make less, which is kind of funny that I <laughs> seem to find things that make less. Um, but I'm like, great, new challenge, run eight and a half billion dollars, have hundreds of people reporting to me. Great, new challenge, super, did it. Same thing I, when I left Advantage, rebuilt that, did great. They actually set me down, probably not a story for this show, but sat down and said, hey, you're doing great. You know, state of California, the board's got to be X, Y, Z. We got to have all this requirements internally. I'll just say that much. But we want you to continue to run this company. You're doing a great job. It's like, so there's no upward mobility? No. And, you know, God gave me what he gave me. So I'm like, well, I don't want to just stick around running a division. I mean, I realize it's eight and a half million billion bucks and things are great, but I want I want to be CEO. I want to have my own controls. I don't want to be pigeonholed because if you will, my age and sex, I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, they're like, well, yeah, but we're going to be a public company. It's what we got to do. And so that's when I went to another startup and built that up as, as a CEO successful, next one CEO successful. So it's really just boredom and challenge. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah. Now, do you uh, when you go into a new company, uh, how do you handle the culture situation, like installing your own culture versus continuing with a culture that's already there? Well, a lot of the new companies, the culture, the reason I'm coming in is there's already a bad culture. Right. Okay. Right. Otherwise, yeah, the guy yeah. would have stayed there, or they would have had you know decent success, especially yeah. on startups. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've walked in and it's half of its family members and friends of family members. It's right. brutal on right. startups on that sense, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know anyone. So you hired your cousin. Great. So sometimes you have to make cultural cuts, right? Because you got to get the family business out and the business side going. Yep. So you got to make some tough decisions. In my entire career, I've only had uh, one person leave and it's been hundreds, right? Maybe thousands right. leave that I didn't want to leave because I like that culture. And the culture is like the same as customer service, listening to them, mm -hmm. listening to your people, listening to your teammates. Don't treat them like an employee, treat them like a partner. You know, you can go, you can read all the books you want on that. All the stories are true. It's just treat people as you would like to be treated, which is one of the oldest sayings mm -hmm. ever written. And, um, and you'll be fine. Culture, culture is a good fit there. There's people that like me make a lot less money, but are happier because they're in an environment where they feel respected cherished, understood, right? Given challenge, uh, but at the same time, not allowed to, um, what's the word today? Silent quit, I think. Yeah, yeah I just saw something on that recently. Somebody sent yeah. me something. I don't, I don't have any silent quitters. Disengagement. Like, tell you that. that ain't, see, here's the thing. I, I read that today. Somebody just texted me. I think it was one of my partners. And I'm like, shit, silent. That's so loud when they do that. Like when, when, when employees disengage, it ain't quiet to me. They might be quiet to most leaders that, that aren't paying attention. But I know exactly when people quit. Like yeah. I have, you see, the, you see we, it in their face. I got a CIA buddy that uh, <laughs> that did a lot of stuff, and he said the greatest thing about 
you knew you had somebody because you could see it in their face, in their eyes, uh, well, not in what they said. Yeah. Yep. You just see it. And well, it's not only that, like- we set up things in our business where like every day we meet, every day we have certain training things that we need to do. I do that not just for the training for that they get, but not just to meet and go over stuff and build confidence and build people and all that. That's important too. But if they don't show up, if they're not engaged, there's a sign. When Jeff, Jeff Fox versus, or one of those guys, Bill Engel, here's your sign. You know, it's like, it's so obvious, but, but I learned it from a lot of smart people like yourself. So yeah. Tony, two more questions as we wrap up yeah. here. One with the Rolodex of people that you have, my network over the last four years has just exploded. I mean, I feel like, I really feel like there's nobody untouchable that I can't get a hold of on this planet right now. And right. I didn't have that in the past, but I know my process, but when you start a new venture or get a new idea or you're CEO of a new company, what is your process of reaching out to your, to your network or your, your power base, what have you, not only just announce it, but also to get some maybe help or gain engagement from people that, that are in your network? And I hate to advertise things, but LinkedIn actually has been amazing for me, quite, quite honestly. Like even when I was starting a manufacturing company, I just did a simple, hey, I have a manufacturing, I'm manufacturing carbonated beverages in Florida. Within a week, I was sold out. And you know, that's probably from the few thousand followers, if you will, or connections I have on LinkedIn. And then captains of industry. So whether it be the a CEO of say 7-Eleven or a Casey's or Walgreens, I just immediately send out an email saying, Hey, here's what I'm doing. And a lot of times people will they want to help, so they'll send you connections. That's gotcha. actually yeah. It's been yeah. pretty good. I yeah, well, you, quick, you, the, the way uh, you treat the way you've treated people, like you said, I mean, over the years, has given everybody respect. People want to help you, right? Yeah, it's and it's you been. Know. I had I have a friend who uh, just lost his job last Monday, and he's he's a tech guy. And I forward his note to two different leaders in the industry on that tech side, and within forty minutes, they had emails back. They're not emailing me back that fast, but they emailed him back that fast, going, "Hey, any friend of Tony's, a friend of ours, will be happy to give you." Any information you need, here's a couple hours next week we can give you. And it was like, I was like, crap, nice. How's that? How's that make you? By the way, this is uh, this shows me I'm onto something because I've heard this like over the last year. I've heard that phrase that people have said, if if if, if Steve Rock's involved, I'm in, and it means I'm doing something. But how does that feel, Tony, when you when you hear that? Well, I mean, obviously, it makes your the biggest worth is self worth, so it makes you feel good, obviously, right? Because that yeah. means you. You've you've been a good human, like is the best way to put it. Whether it yeah, be in like, business or life, right? You've been a good human. There's there's the guys that say, "Oh shit, Tony's gonna bug me till I buy something," and then there's the guys that they're like, "Hey, let the uh, another great example, the CEO of Casey's. If people don't know Casey's, it's a 3,200 store chain in uh, Iowa. We're gonna be at an event at the end of the month, and he sent me a picture over the weekend of a bottle of wine." And uh, it's, it's a lot one. It's one of our favorite wines. And it's like, oh, great. I can't wait to see it next. We're going to have time to grab a drink and immediately replied, absolutely, all caps, you know, all the yeah, bells yeah. and whistles around it. And I'm like, and, yeah, I haven't talked to him in six months, but he's a good friend. We've just been busy. And it's those things because he knows he's going to have a bottle of wine with me. Yeah. And we're not going to talk work. We're going right. to talk about his wife, his kids, everything going on, my family. You know, work is Monday through it. Friday. So I love it. And he'll always he'll always be a friend, whether I'm selling. I mean, I, there's been times in my career where I haven't done any business with him. Right? He was a president right. of IHOP, as an example. Never did business with him, but I still talk to him every month. Yeah. And that that keeps it going, right? Yeah. 
Well, final question here as we wind down. I love chatting with you. I could talk all day and I'm looking forward to October here, but I want to hear the, the, the Howie Payne story. How did you guys meet? Short story long. We'll hear the long story later, but short story long. And then, and then Logic, like, how are you involved with that and all that, uh, that, that took place with Logic? Sure. So I was, um, at the time, I was running sales for- Oh, Budweiser. not to cut you off, Tony. Not to cut you yeah. off. By the way, I'm, I already got Howie's side, so I want to really hear the, the, the true side. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Oh shit, we're recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they were at a spot where they were, I don't know, four or 5,000 uh, retail outlets on the East Coast. They needed to blow it up, get it national. At the time, I was running uh, Budweiser sales for small format, which is where most tobacco sold. And they caught me at the right time. They said, hey, startup, great thing. You know, we're going to make, as Howie likes to say, billions. We're going to make you a millionaire with your Rolodex. Put us in all these accounts. We're going to sell the company. And yeah, you're going to make billions. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I sign on. I leave the largest alcohol beverage company in the world. And my first day, I roll into Livingston, New Jersey. And I think how he told you about it was a little strip mall. Yeah. He was being kind. Very, very kind. <laughs> it, was, it was barely like a four-shop strip mall with roaches in the back. I walk in and there's this pile of e-cigs and boxes and a little hole. And they're like, hey, this is your spot. And I'm like, uh, what? I oh just left. I just left private planes and four seasons for Taco Bell and Roaches. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, but it, you know what? It was it was great. It really was. So Howie was running the warehouse. We moved it from Jersey down to uh, Florida. So Ellie was kind of running that sales side with Miguel, how he was running the operations side with a guy named Scott. And then my role was simple. It was get, get the shit everywhere to put it bluntly. Yeah. And we went from 7,000 to 40,000 accounts. So I put it in Walmart, not Walmart. We didn't want to go there. I put it in Walgreens, put it in what would have been Walgreens, Circle K, 7-Eleven, a couple Wawa. more drugstores, grocery stores, <laughs> dollar stores. So 40,000 stores around the country. And um, became the number one e-cig with all that, just sheer distribution, right right place, right time, right pricing. And um, we sold it. And do you remember the feeling when you guys finally felt like you made it? Like this, oh, this is what how he was talking about. Because like versus um, when you first walked in and saw the roaches in that, versus yeah. like when you finally like, holy shit, we did it. Yeah, uh, probably when uh, Bonnie Herzog at the time, now she's with Goldman Sachs. We were at a at an event and they requested to talk to us because Goldman Goldman was working our our deal uh, mm-hmm. with BCG, so Boston Consulting Group. That's when I knew we made it. When they were wanting to meet, ask a lot of questions to see how we did it and why and why they should buy us. That's when I knew we we did it. So awesome, man! I love hearing these stories, you know, because I I have six companies right now, startups. Uh, most of them are startups, and uh. And I have these dreams, man, at night, you know, and, and it's just like, is it real? Am I, am I wasting my time? You get all these thoughts that go through your head. But then when I talk to people like you, Howie and others, it's just, it, get, it gets me, you know, fired up to keep pushing forward and, and be inexorable, of course. So Tony, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, man. What's the best way for people to like follow you or engage with you? Are you on social? Like LinkedIn, I guess is the best. Yeah. LinkedIn, Tony Gaines. Um, and then, uh, on Instagram, Stuart CEO. That's that's if you want to follow me around the world. That's I don't actually manage that one, Mike, which is kind of fun. My team doesn't let me, but so I just send them pictures and they put me in. Yeah, I we did 14 countries uh, this summer. We launched in 14 countries around the world this summer. 
So you'll see a lot there. Another Instagram is Hard Rock Expert Cocktails. That's our Hard Rock brand. And then uh, Stuart Spiked, uh, 1S in the middle is our other Instagram. And uh, you'll see everything awesome. we're doing. Yeah. And is that Hard Rock, like the Hard Rock Hotels and all that? Same, same brand? Yeah, Hard okay. Rock Cafe. Okay. So we have the licensing rights. We make all their products as far as the alcohol that we sell. Not theirs. It's our product. Right. But we sell it around the world. So yeah, if you go to Australia next or this winter, it's going to be there. You go to Singapore, you go to Taiwan, you go to Mexico, U.S., Maryland. We launch in Maryland in November. You go to Hard Rock Cafes live anywhere in the U.S., you would be able to drink our products. Awesome. Love it. All right, guys, go check out Tony Gaines and Stortz as they have all these different products coming out. I've, I've used them already. I mean, in the past, and I'm going to do it now more than now that I know Tony's involved. Thank you for being here, Tony. Thank you all for listening, for watching. Keep coming back. We appreciate it. Comment, review, do all the stuff you're supposed to do to help support us. This is all free to you. And we just want to ask that you do that for us so that we can get feedback and we can continue to bring you great guests. This is your boy, C-Rock. And until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's Mike croc.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.